This morning's scripture is um, a little different. It's uh, strange. We'll see where the minister takes us with it later on. It's from the book of Isaiah. It's in the back of your bulletin if you'd like to uh, follow along. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They are all together, they all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah, and those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, using the lectionary for this week, we would be here for three hours because this is a really, really busy Sunday on the calendar of the church. We celebrated our covenant renewal and we did talk about the wise men last week, which kind of leads us into Epiphany. Epiphany officially occurred on January 6th, just a couple of days ago. And then today we quickly jump forward to the baptism of the Lord Sunday. That's a lot to wrap up into one Sunday in itself. And I had this great plan, I thought, a few months ago. I like to try to plan things out as best I can. I had planned on starting a new sermon series today. And then I got the district newsletter, and I start reading through it. And there was a suggestion for a sermon series that a woman named Marcia McKee had written. At first, I kind of just glazed over it. I thought, I don't know about that. But then I got to reading it, and I thought, wow, this is some good stuff. So I'm really going to flip the switch on us, and we're going to talk about a lot of different things. I'm going to save that other sermon series I had intended to do for another day. Got it in my back pocket. We'll do it maybe after Lent, and it'll be a fun one too. This one, she wrote because of the time and season that we are living in. And she's really literally meaning the actual season of winter. I'm sure some of you have heard about seasonal depression or seasonal affective disorder. And she wrote this sermon series called Spiritual Affective Disorder. She talks about how sometimes we can just get into these dark phases, which with our spirituality, and she wants to help us through them. 
I did not really understand seasonal depression until I moved to Montana. Growing up in Kansas, we have shorter winters or shorter days during the winter, but it's nothing like here. We moved up here in the summer. It stayed light until 11 o'clock. Sometimes it felt like midnight, and then I barely went to sleep, and the sun was up at 4 in the morning. And I felt like what I imagined Alaska to be like when we first moved here. It was bright, and it was beautiful, and it was warm, but not too hot, and everything was good. And then it starts getting darker and darker. And next thing I know, Will of Fortune hasn't even come on, and it's been dark for two hours. And then in the morning, you wake up and you're getting ready to try to get your kids off to school, but you're taking them to school in the dark, and it just feels like darkness is all around you physically. Remember the year I moved up here, it was COVID, and so I hadn't got to meet any of you during the season of darkness. I had very limited interaction face-to-face with anyone. I was away from my family. My family went through a lot of grief. We had several family members pass away, and that was not something that I had really experienced. My family typically lives pretty long lives, and I had not dealt with a lot of personal death in my life at that point. So to have all of them happen back to back to back, it snowballed on me, and it snowballed fast. And I had absolutely no clue what was coming over me because I had never dealt with depression, not like that. I had had anxiety a little bit in my life. I would get anxious about a few things, get worked up about taking tests, different things like that. But I had never really dealt with depression. I had to hit a place in my life where I really couldn't even see outside of my own blinders for me to finally say, you know what? Maybe I should take advantage of this therapy program that is free to me through our conference. And so I did. For me, my life growing up was much like the author of this sermon series. She grew up in a very rural area. She grew up in a town where talking about mental health or therapy was almost taboo. You just tried to tough it out. It wasn't a real thing. But the reality is that there are millions and millions and millions of people who struggle with depression and or anxiety. Sometimes they come together. Sometimes they're separate. Sometimes they're really, really disabling to a person. Sometimes you can live through them okay. There's highs and there's lows of all of these things. And if you have never dealt with depression or anxiety yourself, I guarantee you, There is somebody within your close circle that has, whether you know it or not, because some people are really good at covering it up. Depression and anxiety do not discriminate. They do not care how much money they make. They don't care what your profession is. They don't care what you have going on in your life or how perfect things seem to be. They don't care how great your marriage is and how wonderful your your children are and how wonderful your relationship is with your employers. It can sneak up on you, and it does. Sometimes there can be triggering factors that lead into this. 
Grief is a huge one for many, many people. The changes in the season and the actual physical darkness, like I talked about, is a huge one. Seasonal depression is a very real thing. There are a number of other factors that can go into this. Feeling isolated, stress levels, financial problems, messing up and feeling guilt. All of these things can add into that cycle of depression. And then if you have anxiety with it, it can just crumble your entire being. For those that struggle with anxiety, most of the time they can tell themselves in their brain, this seems ridiculous. It shouldn't be hard to just make a trip to the grocery store to go get bread. But if you are somebody that struggles with anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. The thought of having to get in your vehicle and go face people and pick up a loaf of bread and somehow get home without feeling the physical elements of anxiety. That tingly feeling, the racing heart, the difficulty in breathing. It's a very real thing. So this sermon series was built because of the season that we are in. It was built for people like you and me who have had this wonderful high time in our lives. We just celebrated the birth of Christ. We just had a covenant renewal. We're getting ready to reaffirm our own baptism. Things have been good and joyful and bright with Christmas. And now we get ready to go back into the ordinary times, the ordinary time of our lectionary, our New Year's resolutions, Hopefully we'll keep going, but most of the time, let's face reality, they don't. At least not the way we intend them to. We get back into that regular routine of just going about life the way we've always known it. Now, as I said, I reached out to a therapist and she started helping me understand that there were ways for me to get past this. You can take medication for depression. I personally chose not to. I was able to just start using some little techniques that she helped me through, learning to breathe, learning to go for walks, learning to recognize the symptoms, little things that helped me. And soon I was out of that slump. And if I start feeling it coming on, it's very easy for me to recognize now. And it's something that I've got under control. Some of you might not be in that place. And if you don't, I want you to know that I am a safe person for you to reach out to. You are welcome to give me a call anytime. I am not a therapist, but I do have a lot of contact information for therapy. And I have a lot of little tips and tricks that I've learned in seminary and in my own experiences that I'd be happy to share. Same thing with anxiety. But the part that I really want to help all of you with, and then I want to set up for myself too, is that... There's this season that can happen to us with a spiritual affective disorder. As things get back into this typical routine, the excitement of the birth of Jesus and Christmas goes back to normal. It loses its hype. As fun as it is to celebrate new babies' milestones, I'm getting real tired of waking up throughout the night with Aaliyah. The newness has worn off. She is not cute and cuddly at two in the morning anymore. (laughs) 
And it happens in our spiritual life too. That new baby excitement that we experience with the birth of Messiah, it just goes back to normal. It's not so cute and cuddly after a while. So what does she suggest to us? How does the scripture play in? And what do we do? How do we keep ourselves from falling into this darkness? Well, one of the things that she really brings up is that this scripture reading is on the lectionary this year for Epiphany Sunday, or for Epiphany. So we would traditionally read it on Epiphany Sunday. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. We can accept that pretty well 12 days after Christmas on Epiphany. We can accept that the Lord has come. But this prophet Isaiah, it's a challenging book to understand. Scholars overall unanimously agree that it was written by multiple people, not just one person. And it's actually three different books in one book of the Bible. It covers a lot of history. But during this part of the scripture reading, the prophet is speaking to a people who were stuck. They were stuck in a time of despair and hopelessness. And so he's bringing this good news to them that the Lord is coming. Arise and shine. Your light is going to be coming. The Lord is upon you. For us, we often read through scripture. We sing songs like thy word is a lamp. And we tend to associate light with being good and darkness with being bad. In our physical world outside, I've done the same thing so far. Light is good. Summer is a happy time. Darkness is bad. It's hard. Or winter is bad. It's hard. In our own lives, when we get to a point where we are feeling down and we are feeling gloomy, where whether it's a depression type of gloom or whether it's a spiritual type of gloom where we just think, I don't feel God working in my life. When I pray, I'm not feeling the Holy Spirit. What is wrong with me? We describe that as a dark time in our life. So what I'm going to do over the next several weeks, pretty much from now clear until Ash Wednesday, is I'm going to share a little bit of light with each of us. And I want to begin teaching us some new spiritual practices that I hope that you will each take and make your own. These are easy, easy things for you to do. But they will be ones that help you from getting into a spiritual affective disorder, into a spiritual darkness or a spiritual slump after this highlight that we've just gone through. The one that I want to share with you today is truly to awaken with the light. So the first thing that I hope that you will practice for this next week and all of the weeks to come is before you even get out of bed, say a prayer. It can be a prayer that you personally just pray from the heart. Maybe you pray your favorite scripture. My favorite scripture is short. It's just Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And so I could pray that as a prayer for myself to trust in the Lord with all of my heart and lean not on my own understanding, but in all of my ways acknowledge him and he will make my path straight. This doesn't have to be hard. It can be something very simple. Maybe you want to pray the Lord's Prayer or Psalm 23. 
Or maybe you want to seek out a devotional and pray whatever is in the devotional every day. But before you even rise, arise and shine with the Lord. And then something, if you want to take it a step further, they call this, so many of you have probably heard of Lectura Divino, which is where you listen to the scripture over and over, and then you pick out the words that stick out to you, and it's basically you hearing the scripture and using that as a prayer. She suggests using this as a visual divino to seek the sunrise as it comes up in the morning. So after you get out of bed, wherever you are at, if you're already at work, hopefully you have a window view, or maybe if you don't work and you have the option, you're able to see at least some of the sunrise coming up. We can't see the full sunrise from our house, but you can see it coming up over the elevator. And so it's a very beautiful view, and you can certainly see the colors. Use that time of the light rising. Use it to be in a time of silence with God. Use it as a time to give thanks. But whatever you do, I hope that you will use this week to renew your own covenant with the Lord, to remember your baptism, but then to also make a goal of a rising and shining, and to not let that light of Christ inside you go out. Amen. Our hymn of reflection before we go in a time of worshiping God through offering our tithes and ourselves this morning is going to be Breathe on Me, Breath of God.
I would invite the ushers to please come forward as we prepare to offer our tithes and our gifts. accept these gifts that we have given to you through our church. Allow our church to use them in ways that show that our ministries are fruitful, ways that show your love and your light to others, and ways that are a blessing. And I pray all of this in your name, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. At this time, we do come to a time where we reaffirm our own baptisms. And if you have not been baptized at this time, this is a time that you are able to use this as a personal renewal of your covenant with God. And we will go through all of it together. Sisters and brothers in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism... God's Spirit has been poured upon water. Water poured over and immersing us. Water that flows freely for all who will receive it. Water from the streams of God's saving power and justice. Water that brings hope to all who thirst for righteousness. Water that refreshes life, nurtures growth, and offers new birth. Today, we come to the waters to renew our commitments in each other's presence to Christ, 
who has raised us, the Spirit who has birthed us, and the Creator who is making all things new. At this time, we will go into the renunciation of sin and the profession of faith. And so for those of you who have not been baptized, I would um, ask you these questions just for you to do on your own. For those of you who have been baptized, I would invite you to join me in unison with the responses that you will see on the screen. I ask you, will you turn away from the powers of sin and death? We renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of our sin. Will you let the Spirit use you as prophets to the powers that be? We accept the freedom and power God gives us to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. Will you proclaim the good news and live as disciples of Jesus Christ, his body on earth? We confess Jesus Christ as our Savior, put our whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as our Lord, in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. Will you be living witnesses to the gospel, individually and together, wherever you are and in all that you do. We will remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world. Will you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? We affirm and teach the faith of the whole church as we put our trust in God, the Father Almighty, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, and in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Spirit of the Lord is with us. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Let us pray. Almighty God, the life you birthed in us by baptism into Jesus Christ will never die. Your justice never fails. Your mercy is everlasting. Your healing river flows. Your spirit blows where you will. We cannot stop you, God. But sometimes we try. We try to block the flow. We redirect the winds of the Spirit, or we walk so far away from the life-giving stream that we do not hear its sound. And we forget its power. We parch ourselves. We are dry and thirsty, O oh God. Come, refresh us. Come upon us, Holy Spirit. Come upon these waters. Let these waters be to us drops of your mercy. Let these waters remind us of your righteousness and justice. Let these waters renew us in the resurrection power of Jesus. 
and let these waters make us long for your coming reign. Most holy God, Abba, Father, glory to you. Jesus Christ, Savior, Lord, glory to you. Spirit of fire, spirit over the waters, spirit of holiness, glory to you. Eternal God, one and three, and three and one, all honor and glory is yours now and forever. Amen. In just a moment, I would invite any of you who would like to, to come forward. You can spend as much time as you want in the waters, and I will be giving you just a very quick remember your baptism and be thankful blessing. You are able to touch the water if you want to draw a cross on your forehead, whatever you are most comfortable with, remembering your baptism. Um, I will not be putting any water on you because we do not rebaptize and Technically, that would be a rebaptism in our church. And so I will not be touching any of you with water, but I do invite any of you that are comfortable to come forward and remember your baptism.
Thank you. 